And day 199, since your president promised Americans he would not stab them in the back and abandon them in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, and he did. And Joe Biden now telling people in that Americans in Ukraine, we're not going to be able to help you. You're on your own. Good luck. And it even gets worse. We'll get to this later in the program. The Biden administration literally now has imposed a vaccine mandate on Americans fleeing Ukraine. Oh, that's great. That's brilliant. Well, let, let's do that. Poland is willing to take Americans in. They only need proof of a 20 within 24 hours of that. They tested negative. If they don't have a test, they can get it when they get to Poland. Poland is stepping up and trying to help us out. You know, then and Biden is even making the claim that uh, a Ukraine invasion will make his inflation crisis even worse. <laughs> We're going to blame Putin for that. You know, if you can't blame Trump, who are you going to blame? Um, all of this build up. This is the worst, weakest, most pathetic response to a hostile regime I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's humiliating and it's embarrassing. Let's be honest here. Putin amassing troops, 150 to 200,000 troops along the border with Ukraine. Um, all the military equipment in the world. There's not a damn thing that Ukraine can do that's going to stop Putin if he wants, to, if his territorial ambitions are to take over the entire country. Guess what? Militarily, he's going to be able to do it, and there's not going to be anybody that stands up to him. And by the way, I'm not saying America should get involved. I'm not saying that at all. We don't need a shooting war with Vladimir Putin. But the fact that Joe and the rest of NATO and the all these Western European countries are kissing Putin's ass and and basically say, but, but we're still willing to negotiate. You know, we can come to a compromise. We definitely will. will we'll, we're ready and willing to give you basically whatever the hell you want, Vladimir. That's not how you negotiate with somebody like Vladimir Putin, a hostile actor, a hostile regime with territorial ambitions and troops on the border of a sovereign country. The way you negotiate with them is said, get your troops, get them off the border, send them back to wherever the hell they came from. And then if you want to have a discussion on matters that involve real peace and and real concessions and a working relationship, then and only then will we sit and talk to you. You know, the idea that Joe has sent 6,000 additional troops to Europe. We're not getting in a shooting war. He said it, nor should we get in a shooting war with Vladimir Putin. We shouldn't talk, we shouldn't get anywhere near that. That's Ukraine's problem. You know, I look at Ukraine as, as a country deeply rooted in corruption, especially in government. That's not our role. That's not our job. We're not the world's policemen. Do I feel bad for the people of Ukraine? Absolutely. War is hell. Do I think it's the United States job to be the policemen of the entire world? Nope. Do we have any American interest there? Not really. We don't. If you want to hurt Putin, there is one sure way to do it. Half his economy is based on energy. He's providing all of our Western European allies all of their energy needs. Joe Biden was handed energy independence and also handed America at a point where we were a net exporter of energy. And then, of course, he gives a waiver to Putin, his buddy. I'm sure the Biden family syndicate dealings with Russia and Russian oligarchs and the former first lady of Moscow. I'm sure they have no relevance whatsoever into how Joe is dealing with Vladimir. 
just like the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China and the $31 million that Peter Schweitzer talks about uh, in his book that is now number one on the New York Times bestseller list, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that Joe's done nothing about the territorial ambitions of China or getting to the origins of the COVID-19 uh, virus or the crackdown in Hong Kong uh, or the persecution of the Uyghurs. And, and I can keep going. How much forced labor camps in inside of China? No, Joe says nothing. You think the family compromised might have something to do with these issues? Just like he was compromised, Hunter's compromised in Ukraine as well. I don't know. Maybe the perfect person to negotiate it is, is the former crack addict. And we'll send Hunter Biden. He knows all the players. He knows them all pretty well, apparently. So if you really want to hurt Russia, you outproduce them with energy, and you get that energy at a lower rate to our allies in Europe, and guess what? You will bankrupt Russia. That's how you win against Vladimir Putin. But Joe can't do that because Joe is beholden to the climate change alarmist cult that is the new Green Deal socialist movement that has now swept up the entire Socialist Democratic Party in this country. So he's not going to do what's necessary to really battle back against Putin as oil is now 100 bucks a barrel. Good grief. And there's a lag time. Your gas prices are going higher. The cost of everything you buy in every store you go to, it's going higher. The cost to heat your home this winter, it's going higher. The cost to cool it over the summer, it's going to be going higher. And you know what? All of it's preventable. It's a disgrace. It's unbelievable. Um, at the top of the next hour, James O'Keefe, founder, CEO, Project Veritas, has shared with us, we'll show you on Hannity tonight, uh, undercover hidden camera video of the FDA's executive officer, Christopher Cole, uh, saying things like, oh, they have plans that you, you'll have to get an annual COVID vaccine shot. I mean, it hasn't formally been announced yet because they don't want to, like, rile everybody up. Uh, that's interesting. Then you have the FDA executive officer also saying, about President Biden, that Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. Well, we kind of knew that already. He said he got, he's on tape saying that there are plans to vaccinate toddlers. He even says, I don't necessarily agree with this, but toddlers as young as six months old. And he even admits, you know, they, they'll use emergency authorization because not all of this has been tested on toddlers. Again, I go back to, oh, Follow the science, but only when the science is convenient to their whatever narrative that they have. It's it's so nauseating. There's no science that shows that six-month-olds to five-year-olds or five-year-olds to 11-year-olds are having any bigger problem with COVID than they would an average influenza. So why would you give them a shot? Because that's not following the science. Anyway, so he says... They're, they're not going to approve the emergency authorization for children five years old or less. Uh, but he says they're going to get to that point. They won't have to because of emergency authorization. He's actually on tape saying all this stuff. Talks about the pharmaceutical companies and how there's an, a money incentive for Pfizer and the drug companies to promote additional vaccinations. He said, quote, it'll be a recurring fountain of revenue for the pharmaceutical companies. It might not be that much initially, but if it but it'll be recurring. And if they can, if they can get every person required to have an annual vaccine required, mandated, in other words, 
Uh, that is recurring return of money going into their company. Now, the FDA official said the person purportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA. Okay, now the person that we are talking about is, as I said, the FDA executive director. The update to this story, which I'll let James break at the top of the next hour, is that, in fact, he has a recorded phone conversation with this very person who's embarrassed as hell, trying to downplay what he said on hidden camera. And, in fact, will tell James, I'll give you this little piece of it, that, in fact, he works on emergency authorization of these drugs. So the FDA, that would mean, if true, that he works on that, then basically he was saying what he knew directly, and that, in fact, they lied to us. But we'll get to the bottom of that, and we'll let you judge and decide for yourself. I mean, unbelievable times that we're living in. It's it's really frightening, isn't it? You know, we'll do this. We'll do this to six month olds. <laughs> show me the science. You keep saying, show me the science. Where's the science? Um, you know, if you watch what's happening, I've been pointing this out. You have Nancy Pelosi. Oh, no, no, no. We're not for defund the police. Oh, no, no, no. We're not for dismantle the police. Oh, we don't support those getting rid of, you know, those no bail laws. None of those things. The White House is on tape. Actually, they, their COVID-19 team is announcing COVID is no longer a crisis. Yeah, Beto Bozo O'Rourke uh, on camera saying he's pro Second Amendment. This is the same guy that said, hell yeah, I'm coming and we're going to take your AK-47s. The same guy. Now, why all of a sudden, why, why this conversion um, by the Democrats? Because they're reading the polling. Because this is an election year. Because they understand they don't have a single thing that they can point to that's successful. The border is a disaster. Energy prices, an unmitigated disaster. Um, if you look at the economy, 40-year high inflation and only going higher, that is a disaster. If you look at foreign policy, you got the world's tyrants, dictators, authoritarian leaders. You know, they're running rampant with any geopolitical ambitions, territorial ambitions they all may have. And Biden can't do a thing. They have rightly assessed that this guy's in a precipitous cognitive decline. And now is the time to fulfill whatever ambitions they might have nefarious intentions they might have i mean it's unbelievable um and of course we have a two-tier justice system can put on top of all of that it's pretty unbelievable um i have an update on the truckers and the freedom convoy the authoritarian uh himself you know little little justin trudeau the prime minister hiding away as he's been in throughout this entire crisis his decision for the first time in Canada's history to invoke the Emergency Powers Act and the Truckers Freedom Convoy, it's not working. Reports today that they're out there ticketing all of these drivers, etc. But anyway, Canadian truckers, um, now they did cooperate. This has been peaceful. Remember in the summer of 2020, Democrats kept saying it's peaceful, mostly peaceful. You know, reports on fake news, CNN's mostly peaceful. And you look over their shoulder and the entire city is like burning down. Well, this has really been peaceful. Anyway, so the Freedom Convoy, and they've opened up thoroughfares so commerce could commence between Detroit and Canada because there's a lot of money, a lot of people's livelihoods at stake. They cooperated mostly on that. I think one or two, a few people got arrested. 
But it's been a peaceful protest. Anyway, so they're staying strong, and they remained entrenched in Ottawa, and they're going to stay there. I've been interviewing them. One of the truckers who led the first convoy to the nation's capital said all demonstrators are undeterred. So now you got this little pipsqueak of a prime minister. You know, he kind of reminds me of, you know, some kid. Oh, forget it. I'll talk about that another day. Anyway, he's tra- they're now threatening to take their rigs, put them in prison, fine them $100,000, and take away their licenses. In other words, any means of making a, a livelihood. And these guys are still staying there, and it still looks like they're having a block party. Pretty amazing. What a commitment, finally, to something. You can only push people so far, and this is a predictable result. Thank God they've been peaceful. they got to remain peaceful to stay successful. And the only way they're going to keep the public on their side is if they remain peaceful. Anyway, I want to tell you about my friends at Henry Repeating Arms. I love this company. They have a line of tribute edition rifles. Uh, I have one myself. And it's to honor people that serve our great nation, active military, veterans, law enforcement, sheriffs, firefighters, EMS, American farmers, truckers, oilmen. In other words, the people that really make this country great. These tribute rifles are embellished with a high-end engraving and artwork. On my rifle in particular, my Henry, I have Live Free or Die, and it, it is beautiful. I actually put it in a case, and it's hanging on my wall right here in my studio. After the news at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to get into Hillary has now responded to the Durham filing. Trump and Fox are desperately spinning up a fake scandal to distract from his real ones. So it's uh, it's a day that ends in a Y. For more uh, his misdeeds are exposed, the more they lie. For those interested in reality, here's a good debunking of the latest nonsense. And this one was from Vanity Fair, originally from the New York Times. The only thing that they got right is, and it's true, the word infiltrate is not in the document of John Durham, the filing of John Durham, nor is the word spy. But when we come back later, I'm going to give you all the exact language that's in there. And then it's pretty obvious what he's saying. It's not that complicated. And again, innocence until proven guilty. The charge that Michael Sussman is currently under is that he lied to the FBI. Um, it seems to me that Durham is hinting. I may be wrong. This is speculation on my part. Uh, he's basically saying to Sussman and his lawyers, uh, I'm offering you a chance to make a deal and then you can avoid jail time. That's how I interpret it, because meaning that it might be other charges coming. But we'll wait and see. Only time will tell if that turns out to be true anyway so the the power grab it is freedom versus this authoritarianism of trudeau and the freedom movement is so fascinating about all of this is now winning five provinces in canada is not not a small victory for the truckers they're now getting rid of the very things the mandates that the co that the truckers were fighting against and then you see it spreading worldwide new zealand they have their COVID protests inspired by the Canadian truckers, truckers blockading Parliament there. And, you know, here's an interesting comment by little Justin. And this is from May 23rd of 2012. When a government starts trying to cancel dissent or avoid dissent is when it's rapidly losing its moral authority to govern. Said that in 2005. Well, that's pretty interesting because that's not the Justin Trudeau of today because this has been a peaceful protest. If it's not peaceful, It's going to lose the support of the people probably immediately. 
um, and then trying to cut them off financially and using tactics that you would use against people believed to be terrorists as an explanation for it is is also unconscionable. All right, we got a lot coming up. James O'Keefe, his expose, uh, Bill O'Reilly, much more straight ahead as we continue. At 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. This is so humiliating as a country. And this is in the Wall Street Journal. And Joe Biden made a decision last week to waive sanctions against Iran's nuclear program. That apparently irked the Saudis. And why shouldn't it? I mean, under Donald Trump, something that happened in the last five years, I never would have predicted could happen. He united the United States and Israel and the Saudis and the Jordanians and the Egyptians and the Emirates against Iranian hegemony in the region, all aligned, sharing intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. The idea that Joe Biden is so weak with the mullahs in Iran with predictions that they could be two months away from having enough enriched uranium for a nuclear weapon and the means of launching one, which which is which means it's when you marry this sick, ugly, twisted convert or die ideology of these mullahs. Remember, Iran is the number one state sponsor of terror. And you marry that ideology and the people in control of those weapons to the to nuclear weapons. You are looking at a, a catastrophe at a level. I, don't, I, it shudder, I, I shudder to think about how bad it could be. Now, would the, would the Iranians launch a nuclear missile at Israel? I could see it happening. The best idea is to prevent it from happening. That means any place, any time inspections. But this is what was so bad about the Obama-Biden deal with the mullahs in Iran, and they dropped you know, cargo planes full of cash and other currency on the tarmac, handed it to the mullahs, and they got nothing in return. And even that deal expired in 2025, and they can continue enriching uranium anyway. So it didn't make sense. Now the Iranians are emboldened because they see Putin is emboldened, they see China's emboldened, and both China and Russia are helping the Iranians. And that creates instability in the region completely. Anyway, so Joe Biden's decision to waive sanctions against Iran has is, is pissed off the Saudis, which I don't blame them. They realize that once Iran gets a nuclear weapon, that the Saudis are right next to Israel on top of the list of getting hit with a nuclear weapon. The difference is the Israelis will fire back. They will obliterate the country of Iran. A human death toll, unimaginable death toll and fallout from the launching of nuclear weapons. The, what 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 kind of mutually assured destruction it took a certain amount of reason that prevented the Soviet Union and former Soviet Union and the United States from ever getting to that point. And they even had back channel communications if something precipitated a crisis so they they could at least have a chance to talk it out before a weapon is launched. No, no such discussions, no such, it would never take place. Anyway, so the Saudis return the favor. Now, Joe has been begging Russia. Joe has been begging OPEC. And now Joe apparently has been begging the Saudis, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, to pump out more barrels of oil so it would lower the price of a barrel of oil and, and take away some of Joe's inflation problems. 
I don't know why he's giving in to these, you know, global climate change, you know, cultists that that basically run every decision that he makes and they have influence over every decision he makes. But rising oil prices, fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine have now created a dilemma for Saudi Arabia. Help the West and help Joe out and pump more crude to get market prices lower or stand by a five-year-old oil alliance helping Moscow at the expense of Washington. And for now, the world's largest crude exporter is sticking with Russia. Now, that's why oil prices have risen towards $100 a barrel for the first time in nearly eight years. And they threaten to go higher amid this Russian troop buildup on the Ukrainian border. Some estimates as high as $150 a barrel. Bernie Sanders is blaming Biden's inflation crisis on corporate greed and profiteering. He says gas price prices are at the highest level in seven years. Exxon Mobil, Chevron, Shell, BP, they made nearly $25 billion in profits last quarter, the highest level in seven years. The problem is not inflation. The problem is corporate greed, collusion, and profiteering. Of course, if Bernie had his way, he'd confiscate all people's money and just distribute it equally. Only guy I know that would ever honeymoon in the then former Soviet Union. I don't know. Biden's inflation is sending rents soaring as much as 40%. That was in the UK Guardian. But there's not, But Biden has an answer. Go back to the policies of Trump, which he's never going to do. All right, let me move back now to what we spent a lot of time the last two days reporting. Hillary Clinton has now weighed in on the Durham filing, and she says Trump and Fox are desperately spinning up a fake scandal to distract from his real ones, meaning Trump. So it's a day that ends in a Y, meaning a typical day. The more his misdeeds are exposed, the more they lie. For those interested in reality, here's a good debunking of the latest nonsense, and it links to a Vanity Fair article, very similar to a New York Times article. The only thing, they did get something right in this article, uh, and that is infiltrate and spy. Those two words were never in Durham's filing. And I think that's important. It's an important distinction. Uh, but I'm going to actually read from it so that there's no ambiguity by anybody whatsoever, because when you actually read through it and you get to the bottom of it, it's it's pretty clear what's what's happened here and what's gone on here. And it's 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 pretty amazing, actually, that the media has ignored this. I would think that they care. But after we now remember, we're going into this this new these new revelations, this filing of Durham, already knowing and having established the factual basis of certain things that took place. We know it's the evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible, confirmed by the Horowitz report, many aspects, even along with referrals that never took place that should have taken place. We know that Hillary Clinton and money from the DNC, which she was pretty much in control of at the time was funneled to a law firm. That law firm is called Perkins Coie. Perkins Coie hires an, an op research firm, Fusion GPS, which, by the way, Republicans use, you know, op research teams as well. That's not that unusual. How the money got there is unusual. Uh, usually you would just have your campaign do such research, but putting that aside, that's a separate issue. And then they hire Christopher Steele, former MI6, and he puts together a series of documents when put together are known as the dossier. And Clinton and the DNC pay for this dirty Russian misinformation dossier. 
at the top of a FISA warrant, it says verified, meaning that whoever signs it, Comey signed three of them. Rod Rosenstein signed the last one. There were four of them. Anyway, it was to spy on Carter Page, which gave them a back door to spy on then candidate Trump, his transition team, and then President Trump. We know all of that has been established. And they used the dirty dossier, as Andrew McCabe, the deputy FBI director, said, that if there was no dossier, there would not have been a FISA application approved. Okay, so we got that part down. Now we start with this filing that took place as it relates to John Durham. Now, John Durham has got to be the slowest working man in the history of mankind. I mean, honestly, forget about a turtle. The turtle would lap him like 50 times in, in terms of his his slowness in this whole thing, which is inexplicable to me. But anyway, um, we have Sussman, and I'll get to that. And I mentioned this yesterday. He had a six-page response, which we went over on radio and TV yesterday. Anyway, he, they want the special counsel to strike the factual background portion of the motion that was put out, the filing that was put out by John Durham. Now, it's the actual words of Durham that matter here. Um, and the document says that the defendant's billing records reflect that the defendant, remember, he's charged with lying to the FBI. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Um, but it seems like Durham could be signaling my interpretation that he might have other charges coming, pending. I'm not sure what he's saying exactly. But anyway, what he did say, the exact words are the defendant's billing records reflect that the defendant repeatedly billed the Clinton campaign for his work. Well, that would be the opposite of what the charge is that he lied to the FBI, in this case, James Baker. Uh, according to the filing, Sussman was a lawyer at a large international law firm, Perkins Coie. They didn't say that part. That wasn't in there, but I'm, we now know. That was then serving as counsel to the Clinton campaign. Then it goes on to say in the filing, the defendant had assembled and conveyed allegations about Donald Trump to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, including a technology executive at a U.S.-based Internet company and the Clinton campaign. Now, these allegations were, and I go back to Durham, quote, exploited. And this is where, you know, probably Cash Patel meant infiltrated. But the word he used was exploited from Internet data mined at, quote, a particular healthcare provider at Trump Tower, Donald Trump's Central Park West apartment building and the executive office of the president of the United States. Now, we went through this in more detail because I'm a technologically speaking, I can barely download an app. I'm not Linda, true or false. I'm like the dumbest. Very, guy very things. true. I, and I don't and I don't want to learn and I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to hear about it. I want somebody to do it for me. I can't help myself. I'm not going to change anyway. So what are they saying here now? They're not saying that they got into the server, but as explained to me by experts that they were able to catch the Internet websites, the areas, the IP addresses, am I using, tell me, correct me if I'm using the wrong term at any point, of where these different locations, in other words, what they were exploiting, the data mined was data that they didn't have the right to to take, and, and it would show them exactly where these these computers were going to look for things. 
Okay, I, I explained it as best I could. I now, think you did a wonderful job as a layman's term explanation. Nice job. Okay, so they exploited from the internet data mined at a particular healthcare, blah 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 blah, and the president of the United States. In other words, they were mining and exploiting data from the Trump White House, from Donald Trump's apartment building, from Trump Tower. Now the filing continues. The defendant further claimed that these lookups demonstrated that Trump and or his associates were using supposedly rare Russian-made wireless phones in the vicinity of the White House and other locations. You know, the New York Times argument is, well, we reported that. Okay, you didn't make a big deal about it because nobody caught it. And nobody reads the New York Times that I know anymore anyway because you're not trustworthy. You missed the biggest story in in the history of the the paper, which was the Trump-Russia collusion hoax because you love Hillary Clinton. And, of course, you did never ask Biden tough questions either. So, anyway, I digress. Anyway, so the claims about Trump and Russia turned out to be bogus on all fronts. The first one that I mentioned and this one. But the spying allegations detailed, though they don't say spying, they say exploit. They exploited from the Internet data mined. Well, that would not be data that I can see. Um, Do you have a right to search where other people's uh, devices are looking? The answer would be no. Uh, By any definition in my mind, I consider that spying, and most people I've talked to consider that spying. So, But these allegations in this filing seem to be very true and i i would be hard pressed to believe durham would put it in there if durham didn't believe it to be true now this is not just sean hannity talking this is you know according to the court filing respected federal prosecutor part of an investigation overseen by the democratic attorney general merrick garland biden's attorney general now through sussman and the tech company the clinton campaign was quote mining and exploiting internet traffic so in the filing, he's connecting Sussman, getting this information, mining it, getting paid for by Clinton. And this is the allegation and that they were exploiting such information, uh, that they were data mining and where they were data mining it from. And then it goes on to say, or as the Wall Street Journal put it, that Trump really was spied on. Now, Sussman's attorney and legal team says that, quote, these allegations are irrelevant to the charge, the offense, and intended to politicize the case, et cetera, et cetera. They can say that all they want, but that's going to be proven or disproven in a court of law. But the filing had to take place. And by the way, the idea that it's prejudicial, well, facts and evidence in any criminal case will be prejudicial to the accused. That's why he's been criminally charged. If he wasn't criminally charged, anyway, if you're charged with doing something wrong, it is prejudicial by definition or arguing that the court filing is false, that, that's why we're going to have a trial, and he's innocent until proven guilty. And we believe in in the presumption of innocence on this program. A defendant can make that argument at trial. And Sussman arguing that the information about the temp tech company is relevant, in, in truth it's irrelevant, rather, it's highly relevant, because that's exactly what they're looking into. Anyway, so I, I hope that clears that up, but the headline is simple. If, in fact, Durham proves his case in a court of law, that would mean the Clinton machine spied on Trump and paid good money for it. This is on top of what we already know about the FISA warrants that never should have been filed and never should have been granted. And if any of you in this audience ever lied to a judge in court, I guarantee you we'd all be handcuffed and put in jail. So we'll see how wide this conspiracy really was and how deep this went. That's going to be 
what we find out in the end. All right. How did I do? That was the technical stuff is the hardest. A plus plus boss. I tell you, if you, if this radio thing doesn't work out, you could possibly oh, yeah. go into computers for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know that's a lie. You got a bright future. On Hannity.